Hello and welcome to Maths on the Red Carpet, a special series of podcasts from plus.maths.org. I'm Rachel Thomas. And I'm Marianne Freiberger. So today is Wednesday, the 6th of July 2022. And it's a very exciting day because yesterday all the big prizes in mathematics were announced here in Helsinki at the beginning of the International Congress of Mathematicians. They were the Fields Medal, the Abacus Prize, the Gauss Prize, the Chern Medal and the Lilavati Prize. And you can hear a bit about all of those in the podcast we recorded yesterday, which also features an interview with one of the Fields Medalists, Marina Vyazowska. Um, and today the winners of the Fields and Abacus Medals are giving their lectures. Um, but going back to yesterday, uh, Marianne, what did you think of the day? It's always very exciting um, when the big prizes are being announced. Um, yesterday, I think what was particularly exciting for us is that two of the Fields medalists are people we've known. One is Marina Vyasovska, who's only the second woman to ever get a Fields medal. Um, and the second one was James Maynard, who's a UK mathematician. Uh, and we've talked to them before, so it was great to see them win. But obviously also the other two Fields medalists June Ha and Hugo Dominique-Copin. Um, it was very exciting to see them get their, their prizes. And little videos were played about each of them, which were lovely. And especially the, especially the one about Marina Vyasovska was quite touching as she is Ukrainian. So, I mean, I think that's the thing that we always try and communicate from the ICM is it might seem surprising to outside the world of mathematics, but actually it's really, it's an emotional moment when these prizes are awarded. And usually there's a room of 3,000 mathematicians with this palpable sense of anticipation. But this time it was different because um, the ICM had to be rescheduled. It was supposed to be in Russia and instead Helsinki generously took on um, the role of of providing the in-person event for the award ceremony and the lectures today. So we had a beautiful wood-lined lecture hall yesterday. It, it is really beautiful at the uni at Alto University here in Helsinki. Um, and there were about 600 people in the audience, but there was still this sense of excitement, anticipation. And uh, today, uh, we're just about to go in and hear um, the lectures of the prize winners who are present. And one of those is James Maynard, who we mentioned, who's winning a Fields Medal, and we'll hear a bit more from him later. Um, but Marianne, what are you looking forward to hearing from him about his work today? Well, he's being honored for what's been called spectacular contributions to number theory. And it's lovely because it's one of these fields of maths that are quite easy to explain most people or quite a few people have heard of prime numbers. So we'll probably understand more of this lecture than we might of others and um, we're very happy to bring you now our interview that we recorded with James in the run-up to the Congress a couple of weeks ago and we asked him about his work. You've been recognised for spectacular contributions to number theory. Can you tell us what attracted you to working in the area? Yeah, so it's the fact that um, number theory is full of these very basic, simple to state questions in mathematics um, that at the one, on the one hand feel 
totally fundamental. You know, some of these are questions that the ancient Greeks asked themselves thousands of years ago. Um, but then the amazing thing is these totally fundamental questions have remained unsolved for hundreds or thousands of years. And so it's this combination of like really basic fundamental questions that are still somehow very mysterious and often need a um, very elaborate and complicated and beautiful theory to try and understand them. So it's this combination of feeling like there's these very fundamental questions that somehow we still don't understand even now. When did you first, when were you first drawn to it? What, what was the sort of first interaction you had with number theory that drew you to it? Um, it's very difficult to say that I remember I've always been interested in sort of numbers and multiplication since I was a young child. And um, yeah, therefore number theory has almost always had a sort of slightly special status in my mind, even before I sort of formally learned or taught any number theory at all. Um, but I remember when I was applying to university, um, they asked you to put down some sort of errors of mathematics that you particularly like, and I put down number theory then, even though I hadn't had any courses in number theory, because it's not really part of May level, it's just that I'd done independent reading and I was fascinated by it then. So um, there's no concrete individual time when I, there was a sort of a big phase transition or a light bulb moment when I thought this is really the thing for me. Um, but at, on, the, on the other hand, it's sort of almost as far back as I can remember, I've always been interested in questions related to number theory, even if I didn't know the name number theory at that time. Uh, we were really pleased when we saw your name on the list because um, we really enjoyed having had the chance to meet you before and report on your work. And, it, and it's been really interesting because we've sort of seen, I guess it's given us a little bit of an insight into the progress that you and your colleagues have made over the last decade towards the twin prime conjecture. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the twin prime conjecture and what progress has been made over that time that you've been involved with it? Yeah, so the twin prime conjecture is very much one of these simple to state fundamental questions about numbers um, that has fascinated mathematicians for hundreds of years, but has remained slightly out of reach. So um, the twin prime conjecture is um, one of the first steps in trying to understand the distribution of prime numbers. And so this is looking at how close together prime numbers can possibly be. So every um, prime number which is bigger than two is an odd number. So the closest possible uh, two odd numbers could be together is two. And the twin prime conjecture is the claim that infinitely often you do get these smallest possible gaps. So infinitely often you'd have uh, two prime numbers that are just a distance two apart from one another. Um, and so these are sort of unusually close primes that come very, very close together. That typically, as you go down the number line, we know that on average, the gaps between primes get bigger and bigger. Um, but this would be saying that even if typically they get bigger, occasionally you get these very small gaps where the primes come very close together. Okay, so that's maybe telling you a bit about the twin prime conjecture. And the second part of your question was um, asking about the progress which has been made on the twin prime conjecture. And so, although we don't know how to solve the twin prime conjecture, and so there's still lots of unknown things about the uh, 
distribution of gaps between fines. Um, various bits of progress have been made over time. And uh, maybe uh, most recently, one uh, big step forward was showing that even if we can't prove um, gaps of size two, we can show that the um, that infinitely often fines do come surprisingly close together. So you do get these unusually small gaps, even if they're not quite as small as the gap two. Um, and so it was a big breakthrough around 2013 when Yi Tang Zhang showed that there's, uh, regardless of how far along the number line you go, even when the typical gaps are really, really, really big, uh, you do occasionally get these clusters of primes that come very close together. And so you get these pairs of primes. And he showed that infinitely often you get pairs of primes that differ by no more than 70 million. So 70 million is a lot bigger than two. Um, but uh, for mathematicians, this was an absolutely huge breakthrough because it was the first time we had any um, finite number. So 70 million is much bigger than two, but it's an awful lot smaller than infinity. And, and I think it was in 2013 when you were a postdoc. So Zhang did 70 million, and I think there was some other progress. And then you managed to reduce that, that proof to prove that there's infinitely many pairs of primes that are only 600 apart. Is that right? And, and, and I, I read that you used a sort of a different approach. Can you give us any idea about what was different about your approach? Yeah, so it's all theoretical mathematics, but there was this important earlier work um, from 2005 that was using a set of techniques known as sieve methods. And sieve methods very roughly are a mathematical tool for translating uh, some information that you understand about numbers into other information that you'd like to know about numbers. And so um, they created this sieve method that, would, that said, if you understand certain technical questions uh, to do with, it's called primes and arithmetic regressions, which is the sort of information that in principle, we know a little bit about and we're able to prove something, then you can translate that into information about small gaps between primes. Um, the caveat to this work was that to prove this bounded gaps between primes result, uh, we didn't know have quite strong enough results to feed into the method. Um, and that was the breakthrough that Yiteng Zhang proved. He showed that um, he proved very strong results about prime numbers that you could feed into this method. And as a consequence of this earlier work, you then got this result about primes different by no more than six, uh, no more than 70 million. Um, and the key modification that I did was I modified this sieve method that's translating the information. And so rather than improving the input to the method, I changed the method itself that became more efficient at turning one type of information into another. And it meant that actually we needed much weaker input information to get a result about bounded gaps between primes. And so it was this more efficient translation uh, that was the key idea behind my work. And that correspondingly allowed me to get an improvement in the uh, final gap because I had this more efficient way of translating different types of understanding about prime numbers. Since then, we've been able to sort of push the numerics of the method a little bit more. Um, and so now I think the world record is that there are infinitely many pairs of primes that differ by no more than 246. Um, so, um, but as well as just this sort of leaderboard for who's got the smallest number 
Um, there, uh, there have been a few other applications that are maybe more to more technical results to do with the distribution of prime numbers. And so um, the CIV method ideas have turned out to be useful in other contexts as well. Okay, good. And finally, um, so when do you think the twin prime conjecture will be proven? Um, <laughs> it's a very good question because, because I feel that we're still at least one big idea away from proving the twin prime conjecture. Um, but I feel that maybe we're only one big idea away from proving the twin prime conjecture, that something like the room hypothesis feels much more out of reach that I feel that we don't have a way of getting started. Whereas with the twin prime conjecture, um, we clearly need some big new idea, but maybe it's just one big new idea that's not so different from some of the things that we already have. So um, it's always a bit of a fool's game to kind of guess a specific time. Uh, and I remember one person, I, I think Andrew Wiles said that, um, sort of from a statistical sense, you're most likely to be, um, on average, you'll be, uh, when you're asked about an open problem, you're probably going to be at some point in the middle of uh, how long the problem has been open for. So therefore you should maybe guess uh, the length of time that the print find is, conjecture has been open for, for the length of time for it to be solved. But people don't even agree for how long the twin prime conjecture has been open for, because uh, like I think the best written evidence is only just over 100 years ago, but other people have speculated it's 2000 years ago. So I, um, I can't even get a get, give a good answer if I use the sort of cop-out Andrew Wiles strategy um, for this. Um, I would be optimistic of it being solved within the next 100 years, but I really don't have any good feeling at all. I think it certainly needs a big new idea and it's just very difficult to know when these big new ideas come along. And I guess, I mean, we just wanted to ask you, I mean, I know you've had, you know, significant recognition already in your career, but what's the experience of winning this like for you personally? Like, what does it mean for you? Obviously, it's amazing and I'm uh, delighted that I've had this recognition because you know it's very much a recognition from uh, the wider mathematical community. Um, uh, I mean, in some ways it's slightly intimidating thinking of my name on this list of these sort of legends of mathematics from the past, you know, people who I sort of looked up to when I was a kid and I was thinking about mathematicians. Uh, so, um, it's yeah, certainly quite surreal in that way that um, suddenly I'm going to get this sort of uh, huge honor that uh, you don't sort of necessarily think of yourself as someone doing that when you like to sort of sit at your desk and play around with mathematical problems all day long. Um, uh, so uh, yeah, obviously it's fantastic, but um, yeah, I also sort of uh, don't really know exactly what the consequences and things will be um, because um, certainly my impression is that people who win this uh, become a little bit more of a spokesperson more widely for mathematics and um, I'm certainly very keen to you know continue spending most of my day doing day-to-day -day research um, but I'm sure uh, yeah people will look to me for leadership in a certain way that I um, that will require me to sort of adjust a little bit to uh, the consequences of this as well. So that was our interview with James Maynard and you can read more about his work by going to plus.maths.org and now we are about to go into the lecture hall to see his lecture and the lectures of all the other prize winners.
Yes, I can see people going in, so we should go and take our seats. We hope you've enjoyed the podcast, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.